The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Good morning. Welcome back. Thanks for joining us on this Tuesday morning. And thanks for participating as we go through the Word of God together. And we're glad you're with us. Hope you had a great weekend. Hope you had a great Memorial Day yesterday. As we took time with family, we took time to remember really what the weekend was about and the sacrifice uh, that has been so greatly given and so freely given for us to enjoy the freedoms we have right now. And so I hope you had a great weekend. Hope you had a great Sunday in church and we're encouraged by that. Uh, We're in the book of Matthew. We started just Friday going through the book of Matthew. Uh, We finished up 2 Corinthians. And we're going to work our way through the life of Christ um, through the perspective of Matthew. Let me explain what I mean by through the perspective of Matthew. Um, Every once in a while I get this question, and it's a good question. The question is, why is it that there are four Gospels they tell, when I say Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the four books, the first four books of the New Testament. The question I get is, when you read them, they they don't have all the same story. Sometimes they have a different account. Sometimes they tell the same story, but they have different details in it. So is the Bible contradicting itself when you study uh, the first four books of the New Testament, what we call the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John? And let me explain why it does not contradict itself. One of the unique things about um, what we call the inspiration and preservation of Scripture, inspiration um, comes to the idea that God breathed, God's Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit told the men what to say. While he used humans to write it, um, well, to be writers, the author is God, the author is the Holy Spirit, he told them what to say. And so what you're going to, but the unique thing about that is he also used the strengths and weaknesses of these different men, of all the different men from Genesis to Revelation. He used their perspective. He used their strengths. He, for instance, you go to the book of Luke. Luke is a lot more technical of a gospel than Matthew. One of the primary reasons for that is Luke was a physician. He was a doctor, and so you're going to see his profession, his training in there. You study the writings of Peter. Uh, Peter was a fisherman. He wasn't as educated as, say, Paul would be. So you're going to find that uh, there's an awful lot of run-on sentences through the book of First and Second Peter uh, because uh, you can see his training. You can see his personality in these things. And so while God, by the Holy Spirit, inspired this, he used a different perspective. And so one of the unique things about seeing four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, is you get to see the story from through the eyes of four different men. So yeah, there's going to be different perspectives because each man saw the story story differently as we would. If we were to um, be a witness of an accident on the highway uh, and you have four or five people give a story, they'd all give a different, they'd give different aspects. Why? Because they saw it from a different angle. And that's what you're seeing. So when we go into this and you say, I can go to Mark, Luke, and John, and I might be able to see some of these differently. Some of them may not even cover this information. Well, that's true. That's fine. Um, Just remember that that's on purpose. God planned it that way. So we talked Friday about uh, what this is. This is this prophetic announcement of the birth of Jesus, what we know as the Messiah. And remember, the people did not accept him as the Messiah. In fact, many of the Jewish people today still do not accept him as the Messiah. Uh, we believe he was the Messiah. He is the Messiah. He is the true prophesied king. Uh, and he's the one that died on the cross to free us from our sin. So we finished last Friday, we finished Friday talking about Joseph's response to this information he received from the angel and how we saw some wisdom in his unwillingness just to react 
culturally to what had happened to find out that his, uh, what we can almost say his fiance was pregnant. Uh, he could have done a lot of things culturally that he chose not to do. And uh, we see his wisdom just to wait a little bit and allow the Holy Spirit to direct him. Well, today we're going to take a minute and we're just going to look at a little bit, a small portion of what we see the prophecy being announced and to the birth of Christ. And so uh, we go down. Uh, let's go back to verse 21, because this is what the angel told Joseph. And she shall, speaking of Mary, she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Verse 22, so all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. So let's take a moment and explain what is being said here. Uh, what you'd go back is to Isaiah chapter 7. I believe it's verse 14, where uh, God, th- God, through Isaiah, he is speaking through Isaiah, and he's encouraging, he's challenging his people. Obviously, you're going to need a sign. So you, you shall have a sign. There shall be a sign unto you, the passage says. And it's said of just a little bit differently, but same passage, same idea. There was a prophecy given through Isaiah about the birth of the Messiah, a virgin. The prophecy was that a virgin... Uh, would conceive, which by the seven is, an, is, is absolutely miraculous. Uh, you don't need a lot of science to prove that point. And she shall bring forth the son, um, and they will call his name Emmanuel, which is God with us. And that was a big point. The word, and again, a lot, one thing I love about the Old Testament, especially when you come to the names of God, there's a lot of different names of God used in different scenarios, and that's on purpose because you see the different attributes of God in that. In this situation, Jesus would come, and he would carry the name Emmanuel, God with us. He's not just a prophet. He's not just a good man to walk the earth. So this was God in the flesh. I've been asked the question before, um, what do you say if someone says Jesus was just a good man and he really wasn't God? Well, first of all, he was 100% man and 100% God. But for those who want to say he was just a good man who did a lot of good things, but he really wasn't God, here, here is a logical argument I give. You can go through a lot of prophecy to disprove this, but the logical argument was this. There's no way Jesus could have just been a good man and God because he claimed to be the Messiah. He claimed to be the Son of God. So either he was the son of God or the greatest liar to have ever walked the earth. So we know he is the son of God. And in that, we can see through his miracles. Now, one of the reasons we know that is one of the importance we see in this passage is that this was repeated of, uh, from the book of Isaiah. What you're seeing is what we call the Old and New Testament connected through prophecy and fulfilled prophecy. It was repeated to the angel to make this connection, and then later we see Mary was a virgin. She did conceive. The, so you can see this fulfillment. And by the way, a lot of Old Testament prophecies were fulfilled all the way up to the death, burial, and resurrection, and then ultimate ascension of Jesus Christ. Let me ask, why is that important? A lot of times we go to scripture and we either really love the Old Testament, we love the New Testament, or we stick to a certain book of the Bible that happens to be our favorite, which is great. But one of the things I think is important is if some people like to do this, they like to go and they confuse the interpretations from Old and New Testament. They view God differently than he is in the Old Testament. They say they're separate. Some say the church is in the Old Testament. And there's a lot of different battles you're going to find as you start digging between Old and New Testament beliefs. One of the things I want to encourage you is to look is that the Bible does not contradict itself. And when interpreted correctly, you are easily going to find 
find the Old Testament fulfilled in the New Testament. Please understand, a lot of the prophecies and a lot of the promises in the Old Testament were to the children of Israel. I do not believe the church is a fulfillment of that. I believe God has his own time in, in Scripture for the church, and ultimately all the promises to Israel will be fulfilled in, in the prophetic times, in the end times. But at this time, th that's not happening. But one of the things I think we find important is we find that the Old and New Testament do not contradict themselves, they complete themselves. And so as we study the life of Christ, we're going to find a grave importance to that. One of the greatest importance is, as you look at the Old Testament, you see it fulfilled in the life of Christ, you are reassured over and over and over that Jesus was the Messiah. Jesus was the promised king. And if you want to say, well, it's a coincidence, all of these prophecies, you know there are hundreds of prophecies of the life of Christ fulfilled. Old Testament prophecies fulfilled. No one else has done that. You really have to have an awful lot of faith to not believe that Jesus was the Messiah. And so that's one of the things I want us to look at. Let's finish these last couple of verses, and then we'll just continue to flow these prophecies through the study. Let's go back to verse um, uh, 24. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife, and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. So Joseph fulfilled. He obeyed. He got married. Uh, they did, they did not know each other um, sexually until it came after Jesus was born, which was another reminder. Now, by the way, a lot of people want to go to the point, well, then they never did and never had any brothers and sisters. We won't go into detail now, but we know that Mary and Joseph did have children of their own, which as we get later in the life of Christ, you'll find there's some important aspects to that. Well, thanks again for joining us this morning as we take a few minutes just to look at the importance of the continuity of Scripture and how Jesus fulfills so much of that. We thanks again for the opportunity uh, to be part of your day. We appreciate it. Just a quick reminder that you can find this as we're kind of finalizing where these are going. It's on my Facebook page. You can also find it on Grace Baptist Church's Facebook page uh, and YouTube channel. And those are the places uh, we will post from our Instagram the links to these different places so you can see them. And so we do appreciate the opportunity be a part of your day. Hope you enjoy it. Hope it's an encouragement. Hope you stick with us. Look forward to seeing you again tomorrow.